your bedtime a very professional podcast with me melanie and, and me stephanie beautiful start off to a beautiful start we're both distracted because melanie's dog is like peering very intensely yeah. out the window and we're like is george about to freak out he's got the crazy eyes he he's like so we recently got rid of both of our couches so where he would normally peer out the window uh he can't and so he has to like really try to lean to lean forward to see what's going on in the outside world if there is anyone that looks suspicious which is every living thing that is outside of the house uh in which case he will alert us why what are they doing out there? It's suspicious. Why would anyone be outside ever? That is a fair question. Uh, we should be suspicious of them. That's what I've learned from George. I mean, yeah, fair enough. I'm suspicious of a lot of people. So today's book is is Shadow Horse by Allison Hart. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, which is, is, is sort of a mystery. It, it claims that it won the best juvenile novel for the Mystery Writers of America Edward Award. I believe it. Nominee. From what I can remember, quality. I, I am actually surprised. I'm like, what kind of trash was everyone else writing in <laughs> 1999? <laughs> it wasn't terrible, but I don't think it was award winning. <laughs> you know, uh, we all make mistakes. <laughs> um, yeah, this was one of the just one-off books that I gave to Stephanie to read. But apparently, um, there was a sequel? That makes sense. I feel like there was definitely some sequel bait in this novel. But it so didn't come out until frickin' 2010? What's, Wait, the, no, what's the sequel? Uh, it's called Whirlwind. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Did this literally just come out in 2010? Because that's... Wow, it took them ten years to do the follow-up? Or maybe it's just this is a So you did, did you ever read it? No. The, the sequel? No, because I did not know that it existed until just well, right now. Let's see. Now, see. now I'm curious if the library has it. Weird that, yeah, she would wait nine years to write... A new one. I'm honestly interested because I feel like the only place you could go from here would have to be like crazy escalation. What in the heckin' heck? It says it's a much begged yeah. for sequel, so apparently they were really, people were chomping at the bit for this Published book. 2010. So that explains why I didn't know about it by that point. Oh my god, why does it say Montana Library has it when I just looked and it said they didn't have it? Being lied well, to. I am George? being lied to. Was no. it was it accident? Okay, the ebook exists. Uh oh, I got some spoilers there. On Montana Library to go. I'm gonna read it. <laughs> now I have to read it. What? What in the world? I mean, I think you could probably just check it out from the library after after I do. 
if nobody has a uh, has been using the Montana Library app or the library apps for your state, I highly recommend them. It's free. You don't have to physically go to the library, which we're all trying to avoid right now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have lots of audiobooks. Yeah. Hmm. I just checked it out. Wow. Well, good to know. Um, when I'm done and I return it to the library, you can read it next to me. That explains... This is, explains a lot. So I, for years, I mean, I, this is just generally how I was when I was younger, but if I really liked something, I would just check constantly to see if there was a sequel Anything coming else, out. yeah. Um, well, and, there is a sequel to this one, Melanie. Well... This, this, will, this will be interesting. We'll read it together. Uh, <laughs> I'll have to reread Shadow Horse first, but um, yeah, I'll pass. I'll pass Shadow Horse over to you, and then when I'm done reading that, you can check it out from the library yourself. Okay. And I think I I remember more of this one than I did the previous book, uh, which is good because I failed entirely <laughs> the last what, one. What do you remember? Um, well, so Shadow this Horse. is the synopsis I will read. Um, 13-year-old foster kid Jasmine Schuler, who goes by Jazz, uh, is immediately drawn to the scrawny, broken-looking brown gelding huddled in the corner of an auction house stall. Feeling a kinship with the lonely animal, Jazz convinces her new foster mom, who rescues and rehabilitates abused horses on her Virginia farm, to buy him. Slowly, the horse Jazz named Shadow begins to blossom and even to thrive. But when Jazz uncovers a startling clue to Shadow's true identity, she becomes entangled in a mystery which could have serious consequences for the two of them. Both the heartwarming story of a young girl's love for her horse and an intriguing mystery... This inspiring middle-grade novel will appeal to horse lovers and mystery fans alike. So that was the fantastic fiction um, synopsis. And I feel then, like nobody who does these synopsises has, like, actually looked into well, it that, very Well, that, so much. there was, there's another one. Because every um, time that we read one of these, I'm like, that's not what happens in yeah. this book. But this was the, um, mm, Actually, we'll read the Goodreads one. They're the same, but... <laughs> <laughs> but that's, I mean, that's traditional. Yeah. Um, uh, also, listeners, I, I recently acquired some some wonderful uh, Pastor Bedtime promotional stickers. Yes, I have not seen them Which in I'm giving to yet. Melanie now, but if anyone's like, God, I... I need a past your bedtime sticker. It's of the it's of the podcast art. So if you look at that and you're like, I would love to put that on on my personal belongings. Uh, yes, it exists. They hit, look so cool. Hit us up. You know the email: pastyourbedtimepod@gmail.com. <laughs> no one has ever emailed us. It's fine. <laughs> but you yeah. could. I would give you a sticker. You, That's her yeah. for you. Thank you. I already had several people when I shared your Instagram story on my Instagram story. Also, and here's, several here's two of my say, band stickers. Yes! We we also uh, got got some aggressive pedestrian stickers for for fans of my band, which is probably two people, but those exist also. We're doing it. Um, so, I was going to read the synopsis 
from Goodreads, which is provides some other information. So this one says, 13-year-old Jasmine is found guilty of assaulting Hugh Robichaux. How do you say it? Rob. I don't know. I think it's like a real fancy rich guy name. I'm going to say Robichaux. Robichaux? Robichaux. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Hugh... Uh, the owner of a horse farm where she works, but she's still determined to prove that Robichaux killed Whirlwind, the mare she loved. Jazz is sure that Shadow Horse, a scrawny brown gelding she rescues at a horse auction, is the key to the mystery. But just how is Shadow Horse connected to Whirlwind? What a mystery! Um, also, the first thing that the Goodreads thing says is, Horses plus mystery plus rescuing abused animals equals a triple crown of perpetually popular preteen genres. <laughs> They're doing a lot with that. Um, so I remember, I remember Jazz. She has, I just remember thinking she was cool. Because I read this when I was like 11. Mm, um, yeah. So, you know, she was older than me and I was like. Wow, she's so cool. Someday I could be cool like like her. Short hair. George, you cannot have any candy. There's a love interest. Um, As always with with a book Melanie would enjoy. I know. I mean, that's part part of it for me. Um, I I want you guys to know, while he is not explicitly red haired, his hair does have auburn in it. I remember that. Is it kind (laughs) of like the classic 90s, like... Fluffy. They didn't like super describe his hair. He just has I hair, and I remember them saying that that it had like auburn highlights yeah. in it. But he is tall and lanky. Tall and lanky, I fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, he's gonna be tall and lanky. Um, apparently, that's just my thing. Also, guess what her foster mom's name is? Is it Diana? It's Diana. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so I am drawn to horse things, um, things with people named Diana, or Diane, because it's my mom's name, and, uh, tall, lanky boys. But yeah, I remember, and was he just slightly older than her? I think they're, like, the same age. The same age, okay. Yeah. What's his name? His name is Chase. Chase. I fucking knew it was a C. <laughs> it's always a C, tall, and Chase. And it's a Chase, of course. Wow. I have some themes. And we also have a hot uh, blonde girl in this, too. Standard. Yeah. Always so, a hot blonde girl. Smells like internalized mythology <laughs> in here, Melanie. <laughs> I went through some weird, some weird times. <laughs> um, but anyway, I remember that, obviously. I was super invested in uh, her relationship with Chase. Um, I remember that she was a foster kid, um, and I had forgotten about the assaulting, but that maybe the something with you. I remember that was how I learned that you is poisonous to horses. Something I can't remember exactly. Something with insurance. So I think the horses, Whirlwind, which also, um, I'm pretty sure I'm correct with this because there is now a book called Whirlwind, but um, Whirlwind, she just thinks is dead. She's not actually dead. 
but whatever his name is, Hugh, he has his horses insured. I can't remember what kind of, <laughs> um, if they're like, they must be do something expensive, like jumping or racing. Or yeah, something. I mean, he mostly has like expensive, like thoroughbred thoroughbreds stuff okay. like that. Um, and so he has insurance money on them, so he pretends like his horses have died to get insurance money, but then, like, sells them off to something else, and then Shadow Horse is somehow one of those horses. She finds out that Shadow was once, like, well-known or something anyway this whole thing so then she has to like prove that Hugh is a bad guy and um is, doesn't she have does she have an ankle bracelet yeah so she's like actually on house arrest for the assault on this grown man um yeah i, mean, I would say the the juvenile like justice system information was maybe like 50 percent correct <laughs> she had like did she have like a probation officer and stuff like that yeah um, but I think we like her foster mom. Diane? Yeah. Do we like Diane? Yeah, we like okay, Diane. Okay, cool. But, so she, like, nurses Shadow Horse back to health, and then is, like, finding out all these things, but they're connecting, and then something with her grandfather. I don't know what happens. And, <laughs> um, but that's some stuff. Yeah. You remember, you remembered more than usual. Yeah. Um, I read this one a lot, a lot, to be fair. Um, and now I have to read it again so I can read Whirlwind. Um, but I feel, you know, proud of myself. Um, and on that note, we will just turn it over to Stephanie for uh, Penny for Your Trots. Our segment, Penny for Your Trots. I also did not think of a horse story. <laughs> <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll process those, those thoughts as we go through this. All right. So, I'm just starting to wonder if either all horse book writers share, like, a single brain cell or if Melanie, like, goes towards a particular type of horse books. Because here we have a very similar love interest. We have, mm-hmm. like, like a, a female lead who is not like the the mom but who is like a mother figure mm-hmm. with the same name as Melanie's mom basically <laughs> twice <laughs> in a row. <laughs> um, what can I say? I we we've we've got a we've got a a protagonist with no like parents but a grandfather who takes care of her similar to the last book. Uh and we have we have a, a hot blonde girl who's sort of there to be like sexually threatening. There was one particular part where like the characters like mentioning there's this girl Lucy who helps out on the farm that she's living at, like the foster uh-huh. farm uh-huh. or the foster mom's farm, who has long blonde hair, and she specifically mentions like how big and round her boobs are. And I'm like, are we sure this was written by a woman? This is a weird comment to me making about a 16-year-old girl. And then later when they go to Hugh's farm, Lucy helps them by driving over. And she's like, oh, like, how much money does this guy have? And she's like, oh, I'm good with men sort of thing. And I was like, this is all... This is a weird thing for you to be putting in here, Allison. What's up with this? (laughs) 
I can like vaguely understand the boob comment, I guess, just because when I was like, you know, 12, 13, we were like, I remember me and my friends being so disappointed in how small our boobs were. <laughs> like, they're, I mean, you know, doing the classic, like, stuffing tissues in your bra and shit. Man, I missed that whole thing, I guess, because I developed really early, so I was more in, like, the boat of everyone being like, oh, if you have big boobs, obviously you're a slut. Right. Um, yeah. C-cup when I was nine. I had a bad time. (laughs) I did not have that experience. I was never, I was never like, ah, it's gonna be so great when I get boobs. I, I was more like, when will adult men stop trying to have sex with me? That's happened uh, to more people than it should. It happens, it happens in this book, too. Than I would care to. It's so disturbing. People are so disturbing. Yeah, men are gross. Fact. <laughs> at Ugh. least, at least, I don't know. of them. Real gross. And if you're offended, you're one of them. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Moving on. Um, So, yeah, there's, like, some weird commentary about the main character's body in general. Like, that one was, like, her making comments about Lucy's body, but she's also, like, kind of describing her body in a way that, like, I assume is for the younger girls who are who are reading this to, like, fantasize about being slightly older and, like, sexually appealing to, Mm-mm. like, boys or something like that. But That's she, like... we all should hope to be. But she's, like, talking about, like, you know, she doesn't feel, like, at the beginning of the book because she's been, like, you know, in trouble and, like, not out in the world she like is kind of paler than usual and she's like embarrassed about how like not tan she is and then there's a thing about her getting more tan yeah and then she also like comments about how like her her legs and arms are less like muscular than they usually are like she feels like that's like a factor in her hotness i don't know that was all kind of weird to me where i was like do we need to hear about how like sexually appealing our 13-year-old hero is here? Is that, like, is that a thought that 13-year-olds are having? Like, oh, do my legs look good right now? I don't know. I guess so. Well, like, Melanie's agreeing with this, but I, I, mean, I feel like I didn't think about that. I definitely, I mean, I remember, like, the exact moment where I was like, oh, my body's, like, not good enough. <laughs> I mean, there were, like, lots of moments when I was younger, but specifically, like, the way that my legs looked and, like, having, like, a thigh gap, being like, oh, I don't have that. And I was, like, 100 pounds and 12 years old. But, like, (laughs) I remember going to the mirror. We had a mirror in our laundry room and, like, going to that mirror and realizing, like, oh, I don't have this thing. And, like, this is a thing that makes you appealing. Like, I remember those exact moments. Just from, like, hearing things in, like, on TV or whatever. Hmm. Of, like, oh, if you had, if your body looked like this, like, you would look much more appealing. And then being, like, I don't have those things. So, like, I'm not appealing. (laughs) I'm trying to decide if I think this is, like, is this an asexuality thing? Did other people care? I don't remember ever being, like... Do you guys want to fuck me? Like, is the, like that was never, like, a consideration that I had. 
or that I was like worried about, but I wish I, I was think... not. <laughs> I mean, starting at like six years old, I was like became aware of like that's when people were like, "Oh, you have too much body hair." Someone said that specifically that I looked like a gorilla uh, in the bathroom in first grade uh, because I had hairy arms and legs. I mean, I have, I have dark hair, so I had like very dark hair on my arms and legs. And so I like stopped wanting to wear. And so I was like, oh, this is like not a good thing. Like this is. And the reason that she made that comment is because women, according to society, are supposed to be more feminine and not have body hair. And so that was like her responding to whatever she'd heard. And then then I internalized that because she was like, basically like, you look ugly and unappealing. <laughs> um, it was like, oh, this is a bad way to look. I don't want people to see my arms and legs. And so I started wearing more like long sleeves and like pants and not wanting to wear like short sleeve shirts and shorts. And my mom... After a period of time, my mom was like, what's the deal? (laughs) And so I was like, I don't want people to see my legs and arms because they're hairy and gross. And she was like, well, A, that's not true. But she was like, if it bothers you that much, like, I will teach you how to shave your legs. So when I was eight, my mom taught me how to shave my legs. And everyone else thought that was, like, super cool. But, like, she just did it so that... Like, I wouldn't feel... Because I had, was an anxious child, as we have established. And mm-hmm. she was like, if this will make you feel more comfortable and, like, actually, like, wear clothing so that you're not, you know... Overheating. <laughs> yeah. Um, you're able to, like, live, then, I, you know, I'll show you how to do this. Um, which, like, looking at the time, I was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> like, looking back, I appreciate that because... I did. I felt like I could do those things after that and Mm -hmm. like, and not feel super self-conscious. But, oh yeah, that was 100%. Like, now when I think back on it, I'm like, that's really disturbing because I'm like, that's all comes back to like sexualizing women and it affects you at such, I mean, it affected me at such a young age of like, this is what you, this is how you should look in order to be appealing to the male gaze. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I guess like I was affected by it, but more in the way that I was like, oh, men are dangerous, and I need to like avoid being around them and avoid like notice from them as much as possible. That was more the direction I took it in, because I felt threatened by the level yeah. of attention I was receiving. I think I was sheltered. And we just had, I, we obviously have had very mm-hmm. different childhood experiences, but, like, I mostly was around what I think is, like, like you said, 80% of men are terrible. I think I was <laughs> around a lot of, like, the good 20%. Like, my dad is one of the best people that I know, and so I just didn't automatically have that, like, suspicion or any sort of, well... It's interesting, because I've always been way more uncomfortable with men than I am with women in general. Um, but I wonder if it's that, like, self-consciousness, though, where you feel you feel like men are, like, judging your appearance on, a, like, a higher level than women are? Possibly. It's hard. I don't... Who knows? <laughs> Child psychology. But, <laughs> yeah, it was very... It was only when I started getting, like, older that 
And, and I also, I didn't develop until I was older, like, and looking back, I was oblivious to a lot of things. Like now I'll look back and I'll be like, oh, that this man was definitely like being being weird to me when I was way too young. Um, but I wasn't, I also like didn't see myself in that way. And so I always just assumed that like no one was thinking about me Mm -hmm. in any sort of sexual manner, which is... I don't know. That's a weird. <laughs> anyway, but but yeah, so that just like, I don't know, was just taught by other people making comments that like, this is how you should look and like, you don't look that way. So it made me very like self-conscious about my appearance and I'm still, and I didn't st- start like not wearing makeup like until I started working at the book exchange like, a year after that, I just, like, for, like, a month, I st- stopped wearing makeup entirely, and that was, like, a big deal for me, because I felt really ugly when I didn't wear <laughs> makeup, and, like, I didn't want even, like, my friends to see me without some amount of makeup, um, and that all stems back to that. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Real weird. So we'll just forward this recording directly to Melanie's therapist. <laughs> hey, Bridget. Hope you're listening. <laughs> um, glad you can't see my... She has a tendency when I'm saying things. She's like, you just made a facial expression right, right there. Why did you have that look on your face? And I'm like, Don't acknowledge it. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> like, don't react to how I'm reacting. This is a private moment while I'm in my op- in your office talking about how I'm feeling. <laughs> Please do not try to actually help me. Just kidding. I love my therapist. <laughs> I just don't like talking about my feelings. <laughs> We're having people be like, no, you're definitely feeling something right now i'm like don't no nope (laughs) um Uh, anyway i don't know if we've talked about it on here before but there's like also like certain things other than facial expressions like certain like snacks and stuff that melanie will prefer when she's not feeling well and one time she picked me up to give me a ride somewhere and i just looked at her groceries and i was like what's wrong (laughs) (laughs) she did she like named them off and she's like what these are all the ingredients for a fried egg sandwich. What's happening? <laughs> you are not well. <laughs> it's true. During uh, my Great Depression, as I call it, um, I essentially just ate eggs, toast, ketchup with those things, ginger ale, pomegranate popsicles, and cupcakes from Bernice's. Yeah, there was also a cupcake and some ginger ale in there. I was like, it's, it's serious. It's serious. Look at these snacks. So imagine how uh, devastating it was when I got out of my car um, to go inside and immediately dropped the cupcake in a puddle of water outside of my car and knocked my ginger ale over in the process all over my uh, car seat. <laughs> it's not meant to, to have good things, Melanie. You're not meant to experience happiness. 
It was such, like, I wish that I could have seen it from, like, the outside. Like, somebody had been filming that moment. It was such a sad moment. (laughs) I remember feeling such defeat. (laughs) Oh, goodness gravy. Anyway. Uh, Where were we? You were talking about the weird body image issues in this book. Another thing that's weird is, like, so she's, like, just getting out of being... You know, in in probably a juvenile detention center, I assume, because she just calls it, like, the center. That's probably what it is. Um, there are several things that I that they say in here that I'm like, it's not really how any of that works. Um, and that's not how that goes. Like, she's being really self-conscious physically um, about, like, how she was in, like, a group setting and was, like, maybe going to have to change in front of people and, like, mm-hmm. like being, like... like kind of describing how she like had taken these precautions to like not be like undressed in front of other people and I'm like Mm. okay but you would have been strip searched when you got there like when when you get arrested you are strip searched by the police and then when you go to another location you're strip searched there as well and that would have happened with her being transported like back to her court hearing too. Like she would have already been strip searched like four times by the time this book has happened at the minimum. So yeah, that no, they definitely if if you're worried about people seeing you naked, it's already happened five times by now. <laughs> like I don't don't buy it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying you wouldn't still be uncomfortable or find it right. traumatizing, but by the time that's like an adult has already looked at you naked like four or five times, do you it's really do, do you really care about another like twelve year old seeing you change your clothes in like a room that you're both staying in? Also, there there are like protocols for that that people kind of establish within themselves. Like if you if you have like a cellmate, which you probably do, um, your toilet's in the same room, like, next to your bed, basically. It's, mm-hmm. like, all right in one spot, like, right. next to everything. And normally, at least in my experience, you just, like, when one of you has to go to the bathroom or something like that, the other person will, like, turn to the wall and, like, you know, hum or do something else until you're finished, until they hear, like, you know, the toilet flush or something like that. So, like, that's... They would have just established that between themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, it's... I don't know. Uh, I feel like this is like an adult who's never had any experience with that being like, oh, these are things that a child would find awkward. I'm like, I don't think you understand like how awkward every aspect of your life is in that to the point that you get desensitized to it. Yeah. You know, like you wouldn't still be trying to do that at that point. If you'd, if you'd been in a, in a juvie like center for like already a month, it would be gone. You would be, you would be done trying to hide your body from your cellmate <laughs> like you've already been like like shitting next to them for like a yeah. month now um that i didn't i was like that's unrealistic to me um they also like kind of made it seem like she like really hadn't been like that her hair was kind of dirty because she'd been like feeling uncomfortable about like showering publicly and like there are not public showers in Juvenile detention centers. In my experience, that's not how it works. I mean, I guess if it was, like, a larger 
facility, but usually the facilities for girls are a lot smaller than the facilities for boys, and they'll mm-hmm. just take people, like, one at a time to an individual bathroom, and there's, like, rotations for what days people shower and stuff like that. You're usually by yourself. Hmm. I guess I don't know what the situation is in Maryland, but I feel like it's probably not that different. So that didn't really make sense to me either. And then she said that they didn't have mirrors because you're not allowed to have glass mirrors. I'm like, yeah, it's just like a shiny metal thing on the wall. Like, you do have a mirror. It's just not like a glass mirror. It's like essentially like a very shiny like cookie sheet. Mm -hmm. Like, they sometimes have those in... Like hospitals. And like public restrooms and stuff. Yeah, exactly. There are mirrors. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, wrong, wrong, wrong. (laughs) I, yeah, I, I really, I got the impression that Allison was like, oh, like, people are going to really, like, feel how down and out she is. I'm like, none of this is, none of this is how that experience goes. And they have her, she's just got, like, a little grocery bag of, like, some of her clothes and stuff at the beginning of the thing. And, like, some other kid who's there waiting for his court hearing is kind of hassling her because he can, like, see her underwear in the bag in, like, the grocery bag that she has, and she's, like, almost crying about it. I'm like, we've been in juvie for, like, a month. I feel like you'd be done crying about people seeing your underwear because they would have uh, jointly done your laundry, spread it all over everything, and then you have to go find the ones that have your number on it. Like, you would be over being worried about people seeing your underwear. It's been sitting on a couch in front of everybody for, like, months at this point. Like, yeah, you would be desensitized to that for sure. Um, also, why would she just have it in a grocery bag? She has a backpack. Usually if you're getting arrested, if you're, like, not being super combative and you're a kid, the cops will let you get, like, one bag of stuff. You'd just Mm -hmm. get a backpack or something, like, your backpack, and put your stuff in that. Doesn't really make sense to me. Uh, (laughs) didn't buy the details, is what Mm -hmm. I'm saying. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, okay, so she goes through court, she's got a public defender, and she's really not planning on, like, defending herself, so I don't even know why they went through a court proceeding. Like, Mm -hmm. she pleads guilty, but then she doesn't, or she pleads not guilty, but then she doesn't, like, offer any defense, because that was, like, the agreement that she made with Hugh, was that if she didn't, like, fight it, then he would make sure that her grandfather, who had had a stroke in the, in the course of all Mm -hmm. of this, that he would receive good, like, treatment. And Mm -hmm. if not, he would make sure that he was put into, like, a bad nursing home Mm -hmm. while he was recovering. So at that point, she would just plead guilty, and you wouldn't even have court. It would just be, like, a no contest thing. Or even if, like, she decided that she, like, didn't want to say she was guilty, but didn't, like, you know, wasn't planning on putting up a defense, and you just plead no contest. Mm-hmm. Why plead not guilty and waste everyone's time? I do not have the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make sense. Like... I don't know. I've had public defenders, and basically, you meet them, like, one time. They have 20 million things to do. They don't really do anything. I think, like, the one time that I met with a public defender, um, we just sat in his office for half an hour, and he let me read my permanent record. Hmm. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, I think my my favorite part of that was there was, like, a a thing from when I was in fourth grade where um, I had called my science teacher a jerk. 
And that was on your record? Yeah. Well, so they had, like, made me write down it because I got sent to the principal's office about it. Mm -hmm. But they made me write a response to it for, like, what I thought had happened. Uh And in fourth grade, what I had written was, um, I called Mr. Cowie a jerk because he is a jerk and I am not sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, uh... That is Stephanie right all over. We're the same, you and I. <laughs> I'm not sorry. I'm still not. <laughs> I love that. Huh. Interesting I that's on your permanent record. I mean, it's like none of that. It, this was just like, you know, part of school records right. and stuff. I'm. It's not like something that most people have access to. Right. But yeah, I there were some other little things in there, but that was one of the things where I was like, I've I have not fundamentally changed. Um, yeah. So anyway, she goes through this court process. She's got her several caseworkers, which is how that works for sure. It's like you mm-hmm. end up having like three caseworkers that you see very occasionally who don't really do anything. But it like then everybody ends up having like weird personality conflicts, and you're like, I don't know why there have to be seven people here. Mm-hmm. Um. So she ends up, because her grandfather is in a nursing home, and then her mom, like, abandoned her as a as a baby, basically. Like, mm-hmm. her grandparents, like, took custody. Mm-hmm. Um, and then her dad is not mentioned, so I assume wasn't in the picture. And they mentioned that her mom was, like, 16 at the time that mm-hmm. she had her, so it seems like it was... Yeah. He was not, he's never been involved, so we don't really ever hear about him. Mm-hmm. Um, if she even knows who he is, because it doesn't seem like there's any attempt to try to contact him or mm-hmm. anything. Um, and her mom's not interested in taking custody, so then she's temporarily being placed in foster care while her grandfather recovers from his stroke. Which it seems like he is probably going to recover, but there's going to be some rehabilitation time. Right. He improves over the course of the book, but is still like in a nursing mm-hmm. home. Like, by the end of this. So Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be a little bit longer for him. So she gets uh, placed with this lady who basically, like, has, like, a rescue animal Mm -hmm. thing where she's got all kinds of different animals. And she often will go to auctions and buy horses that are intended to be sold for, like, meat and things Mm -hmm. like that that are going to be killed. And she'll try to, like, with the limited amount of money and space she has, she'll try to pick up, like, a couple of them and, like, see if they can be helped or not. So the whole, like, shadow horse situation is basically that Jazz sees this horse and she recognizes, like, what health condition it probably has because she, like, there was a horse at her previous farm who had the same thing Mm -hmm. and it, like, looks like it has this thing, which is, like, a thyroid condition. Mm -hmm. What's it called? Do you remember? I don't remember, but it's it's definitely like it's it's like a thyroid issue where mm-hmm. like its uh, coat is kind of orange mm-hmm. and it's listless and they're like whatever, but but it's like not as common of a condition, and mm-hmm. so a lot of people might not recognize it just by looking at it. So she sees this animal and she can tell first of all that it's like definitely like a thoroughbred or a warm blood. It's like a more valuable breed of horse mm-hmm. for sure, and that it has like a condition that's pr- pretty easily fixed by a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. As opposed to, like, a lot of these horses that they get at these auctions, like, might have such severe health conditions, but that by the time they get them, they, like, end up having to put them down anyway. And he's, like, a really, a really, like, big, strong horse, too. He's, he's, he's about 17 hands, Melanie, I know you were wondering. 
I was about to ask. (laughs) (laughs) He's definitely over 16 when she first sees him. And then Mm. as he, like, you know, improves in his health and is not, like, being so dragged down, she's like, this is a huge horse. (laughs) (laughs) And it turns out that he's a really great jumper. Like, he Mm -hmm. very easily, like, jumps the fence to their pasture. Mm -hmm. They're like, well, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, I guess we need to make the fence to this pasture higher. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so she doesn't just, like, pick him out because he's, like, he's, like, a sad horse. She, she like, sees, they go to one of these auctions, and she's not interested, she's, like, initially trying to just read a book and, like, not be participating in it because it, like, is depressing to know Mm -hmm. that all these horses are going to be killed. And she's like, I don't really want to look at all these like sick horses and Mm -hmm. stuff. But she notices that horse like walking by and she's like looking at it and thinking that it looks like it has his health conditions Mm -hmm. and and that like, it looks like a more valuable animal as well. So they end up getting it basically because she like talks to her, her foster parent about the horse where she's like, I feel like, this is a fixable health condition. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, I've seen this before. And so they end up buying it, and then it is able to recover. But one of the things that is a is a big, I don't know, not plot point, but a, a, like, a point of contention between Jazz and Chase is that Chase thinks that she's basically being a snob about horses, where she, mm-hmm. like, she's looking at all of their rescue horses and some of them, like, there's one of them that had, like, such a, like, nasty wound on it that she, like, literally throws up after looking at it because it's, like, upsetting for her to see. And she's like, I don't understand why all of these horses haven't been put down, basically. Mm. She's like, they're never going to be able to do anything. Like, these horses are not going to be able to, like, jump or show or do do anything. Like, why do you even have those? And And he's like, well, I don't really feel like being able to to jump over a fence makes, like, an animal's life more valuable. Like, these animals are here because, like, we want them to not be dead. That's basically the, their whole purpose is to be alive. Mm-hmm. And, like, you're kind of being elitist and stuck up. Like, the, the, like, the whole reason why we have these horses is because somebody like you used to own them and didn't think that they had value once they got sick. Because um, there are definitely some of them that they can tell, like, used to be mm-hmm. in somebody's, like, fancy horse mm-hmm. barn, similar to, to Shadow. And so that's kind of something that she's, like, coming to terms with. But also, like, because she has a lot of experience with horse training, something that they kind of bring up as a possibility for the future is that if she was, like, continuing to, like, work with the, these, like, rescued horses... If they could pick out the ones that did have, like, more valuable stock or, like, could be more easily rehabilitated and she could train them, they could then be, like, sold to other people who wanted, like, a horse to ride mm-hmm. but didn't have enough money to, like, buy, like, a thoroughbred through, like, usual means. So if you were able to pick out, you know, a horse like Shadow who isn't, like the youngest horse, but is still, like, capable of doing things. Like, I think he's, like, 12, and she is still, like, I think he could be, like, a great jumper still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they they could use that to, to pay for, like, the purchase and rehabilitation of a lot of other animals. Right. So that could 
you know, you could rescue one horse and then sell it and then use the money from that to get a bunch more in Mm -hmm. if you were, like, if you had the skill to do that. Right. So, as, like, she's, like, working with Shadow and, like, looking at him more, she starts to, to suspect that he is Aladdin, which is a horse that... Hugh used to own mm-hmm. that had died when she was younger. She, mm-hmm. like, remembers him dying, but she also remembers that he was, like, he could jump over basically anything. That was, like, a point of pride for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was just starting to be known as a, as a good jumper when he died, which ends up being, like, why Hugh decided to, like, fake kill him at that time, mm-hmm. is that he, his value was really high. Mm-hmm. So he could be resold for a lot right then because people were Mm -hmm. aware of his ability but he wasn't like famous yet Mm -hmm. so he wasn't like a well he wasn't well known enough that everybody would like know what this horse looked like he was he was no fire and ice okay you you know just just as as an example (laughs) like somebody couldn't like pretend fire and ice had died and then sell him to somebody else in the same area because people yeah. wouldn't know what that horse looked like because yeah, he sure. would he would be a well-known horse yeah so she's suspecting that shadow is aladdin and so she ends up going with lucy and chase to like break into hugh's house because she won't mm-hmm. she wants to get um some records uh-huh. about aladdin some pictures and stuff mm-hmm. So, once she has that information, she also gets her dog. Because oh, okay. he, yeah. he was, like, threatening to, like, kill her old dog. Right. So, she, like, takes the dog, too. Mm-hmm. Which I'm like, it's very clear that you've broken in. Yeah. Because your dog's gone now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, subtle. Yeah. But, you know, it's fine. Also, like, her foster mom, because she just takes and rescued animals all the time. They're like, oh, we found this dog somewhere. And she's like, cool, new dog. Here's a here's a treat, dog. Let's move on with our lives. Um, she Jazz initially is very suspicious that Diane is like spying for Hugh because mm-hmm. she like Diane used to be like used to do like horse shows and things mm-hmm. like that. And so there are pictures of her competing in events, mm-hmm. and one of the pictures that Jazz sees, she's like standing near Hugh, mm-hmm. but like. Anyone who was part of that world in, like, a small area like that would probably know each other, I would imagine. So it doesn't necessarily mean that she, like, knows or likes Hugh or, like, has any association with him. But Jazz is, like, suspicious of her and thinks that she's, like, spying for Hugh or Mm -hmm. something like that. And she's, like, weird about it from the beginning. And then later it turns out, of course, that, like, Dan's like, yeah, that guy fucking sucks. I hate him. (laughs) (laughs) Considering that, like... Basically, all she does is, like, rescue abused animals. It's, Mm -hmm. like, she's obviously, like, not a shitty person. So, now that she has this information, Jazz brings it to, like, the the vet that they had been using at that other, at her previous farm, who sees to some of Diane's animals and is Mm -hmm. like, this is the same horse, you know, you're the person who, like certified the death certificate so you would know and so the the vet looks into his records because horses of that level are microchipped mm-hmm. um so he has records of the number on aladdin's microchip scans shadow shadow has a chip it's the same one mm-hmm. so somehow they had gotten 
like a duplicate of that chip and put it into the other horse because mm. you couldn't, I guess where they're placed and how they're placed, you couldn't remove a chip from a horse and then mm. put it into another horse. It doesn't mm. work like that. So you'd have to make like a second one. Mm-hmm. So obviously somebody at the insurance company is like in on this yeah. scam. Fraud. Yeah. Fraud. <laughs> um, so it, it's likely that like what he, what he did and has been doing is he'll find at auctions and stuff a horse that looks similar to one of his horses mm. and he kills that instead. Fucked up. Yeah. Um, which at this point, since Jazz is like, oh, now that now that I've been embarrassed by Chase about this several times and being called a snob, like I also think it's bad that he's just killing other horses, even if it's not the particular thoroughbreds mm. that like Right. I thought he was killing. But that gives her some hope that Whirlwind, who is her who was her like favorite horse mm-hmm. and everything, is not dead. Right. That he like must have killed a different horse and then Whirlwind is somewhere that they don't know where. Mm-hmm. This book is also very horny. <laughs> in a in a in a, Standard. in a similar fashion <laughs> to the previous one. Uh yeah, there's there's one kiss. Mm-hmm. And, and some weird hand-holding. Love it. Otherwise, just a lot of blushing and sexual tension. Uh, I'm curious to see if the next book escalates this at all. <laughs> now that we know there's a book, too. Because I was like, okay, are these guys going to make out or what? It's just been awkward for, like, a while. Like, quite a while. Sounds about right. Yeah, there's that. There's, like, the weird internalized misogyny stuff towards Lucy, where she's, like their token, like, blonde, shallow, hot girl. Mm-hmm. But, like, Lucy really hasn't done anything. Other and than be hot. Other than be hot. She doesn't seem sexually interested in Chase, even though, like, Jazz is kind of treating her like a rival. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, he's 13, she's 16. She does <laughs> not want to fuck him. <laughs> like, that's not, that's not how that works. Thank God. It's a good call on the author's part. <laughs> <laughs> Is Chase like re- another foster kid or is he no? Like no, he, he he just works oh, there okay. sometimes. Okay, He's okay. just like interested in animals. He wants to be a vet. Yeah, they're they they are not related. Hmm. Um, so the the compromise that things end on essentially is that they um when Jazz's grandfather recovers enough that he's allowed to be out of the nursing home instead of him like trying to find an apartment or whatever they're just going to maybe get like a house trailer or something to be on uh diane's property so that he can live there Mm. because even though he's not like at his physical prime where he could like do the same kind of work that he was doing he still could definitely do a lot of things that they would Mm. need around there and just having like a second responsible adult would be a good thing to have or like somebody with knowledge you know even if he can't physically do everything the horses need he could like tell he could instruct like chase and jazz and like what they needed to do right she's probably going to continue to to live at the farm with with diane but with the addition of her grandfather Oh, the vet and uh, Diane are into each other. Ooh. It's a plot I feel like point. I vaguely remember that. Uh, one of the things that I thought was funny is that 
Chase is definitely aware that they're into each other. Where he says mm-hmm. something about how, like, he's like, "Oh yeah, Diane's had the hots for him for a while." Like he's he's noticed it, um, and Jazz initially can't deal with that because she's like, "But they're old, and Diane's not hot." I'm like, "Yeah, I hate to break it to you, the vet's not that hot sounding either. They're both like older people. <laughs> like, what are you expecting? Like, you think you get to a certain age and you just no longer want to fuck?" <laughs> How depressing. Also, it sounds like they've got a lot in common. They're both kind of, like, you know, into animals. Like, obviously, if he's a mm-hmm. vet, he likes animals. She seems into animals. Like, they have, they probably have similar priorities, you know? So, seems like that's going somewhere. Good for them. I kind of liked that um, Diane is, is portrayed as, like, a good character that we should like, but she's not attractive or feminine. She's, like, wearing, uh, like, you know, overalls and, mm-hmm. like, work clothes all the time. Um, and just has her, like, hair pulled back in a ponytail. She's not very young. She's got, like, a stiff leg. Like a, oh, like, yeah. like a limp kind that. of mm-hmm. situation, I assume, is from, like, you know, injuries from horse yeah. riding or something. They don't really go into it, but she's had a few injuries for sure, which is why she isn't able to, like, do the kind of, like, training rehabilitation that we were talking mm-hmm. about that maybe Jazz could could do with some of the animals they're mm-hmm. able to get. There, there even is somebody at one point who is interested in buying Shadow because, you know, they think that he could be a good jumper and would be good to, to take to horse shows, and Diane decides not to sell her the horse because she's like well this isn't really like jazz's horse at this point and if she's still going to be around and able to train the horse then like she should be able to do that mm-hmm. um she was thinking about selling her because she didn't know if, if like jazz would want to stick around and because he's like a really high spirited large horse mm-hmm. he needs like to be exercised right. quite a lot or he's just like gets behavioral problems and does stuff like jumps out of the pasture because mm-hmm. he's bored so like somebody needs to be like riding this horse like two hours a day or mm-hmm. you know it, it needs like a lot of working yeah yeah like they like they portray her in a good light but they don't like she's not jazz is actually confused like by the whole idea of of like anyone wanting to like get together with diane she's like what She's not hot. Yeah. To be fair, I remember when I was younger and being kind of like, older people still fuck. <laughs> oh, man. Sorry, I mean, like, old people what? fuck more than anybody. <laughs> There's always stories about, like, retirement communities being, like, a hotbed of, yeah. of STDs yeah. and stuff because they're like, oh, I can't get pregnant. I'm like... Dorothy, you know that's not the other, only thing that can happen, right? <laughs> it's important to practice safe sex anyway <laughs> for this, your health and wellness. <laughs> this is how you got chlamydia. Oh, no. God. But, yeah, yeah insurance fraud. Um, let's see what else happens. Like, there's a, there's a lot of uh, adult men threatening uh, her both physically and sexually. The, the guy that they end up buying Shadow from is this dude named Reeves, who, like, sells horses. And he, like, basically implies that if she doesn't have money to pay for the horse, that maybe she could, like, pay for it another way. And then, like, Chase notices that, like, they're alone in that area together and comes over and is, like, 
intervening basically because he he is concerned because he's like yeah everyone knows that like reeves is a creep i was like concerned about you being over there with him gross yeah so it's like this dude is like obviously known in that area for like being like that to the point that like chase sees her alone with him and is like i need to go over there immediately um up. Yeah, and then, like, he, like, threatens her a lot. He, like, creepily calls their house a few times to threaten her and stuff. I feel like all of these books, it's, like, there's definitely, there's been a lot of, like, like, really old men, like, grandpas are okay, mm-hmm. and then slightly older, like, or slightly younger men than that are all, like, creepy or violent in some way, and then boys your own age are maybe alright. <laughs> A lot of themes in the books I was reading. (laughs) Adult men, terrifying unless they're very old. (laughs) Boys my own age, maybe our arms could touch one. (laughs) (laughs) That was a dream for me. What if we we sat near each other? (laughs) Like, oh, we could be physically in the same place? That is shocking. (laughs) Don't you dare look me in the eye. I guess there is one scary younger boy, which is like when she's waiting for court. Mm -hmm. There's some dude named Vince who's like around her age who's kind of like bothering her by commenting on like being able to see her underwear in the bag or whatever. And then tries to brag by being like, oh, I, I got in trouble for marijuana. And I'm like, nobody would brag about that, Allison. <laughs> nobody would brag about that. that <laughs> Is it because you think younger people don't have access to other drugs? Because I, I hate to break it to you, but definitely was in group homes with, like, 14-year-olds that sold coke. Like, it's you need to... Broaden your horizons, Allison. You need to step your game up. That's not what Vince would be telling her. (laughs) Even if he was selling pot, he would upgrade it to sound cooler. (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, is that the... Yeah, that's pretty much it. So the the book ends with them having made that agreement that, you know, her grandfather and her are going to live at the farm and Mm -hmm. still do horse rehabilitation and Shadow's going to be her horse. And she's like thinking about how she wants to go find out, like, where Whirlwind mm-hmm. is, or, like, hopefully, like, with Hugh being exposed for insurance fraud, like, maybe there'll be some ways to look into this. Yeah. Uh, Whirlwind, there's, like, a very glamorous description of her to start the book off, uh, a la, like, Atlanta, kind <laughs> of, like, th- that, that, like, sort of energy, mm-hmm. where... She's, like, talking about how, like, beautiful and, like, wonderful Whirlwind mm-hmm. is, so. There's gotta be at least one description like that. That's the rules. Yeah. <laughs> it's the horse book rules. Yeah, where, whereas, like, Shadow, like, a lot of the descriptions about him is she's like, this is a really, really big horse, and <laughs> I need to, like, establish some level of dominance, because he also is, like kind of, like, a high-spirited, like, sassy animal, so she has to, like, kind of be, like, more firm with him all Mm. the time, because she's like, it is actually dangerous if this horse doesn't listen to me, because he's very large. 17 hands is really big. Yeah. That is a really big horse. Yeah. (sighs) Beautiful. So, yeah, in, in, in book two, 
Who knows? Who knows? Maybe they'll make out. That's a dream. <laughs> there's 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 mostly just hand holding and blushing yeah. in this book. But well, maybe we can read that and review it together. <laughs> it'll be it'll be interesting. It'll be fresh. Yeah. It'll be different. Mm, it will. Um, okay, so uh, scale of one to ten ponies, uh, horse content. I feel like there was, like, a pretty high level of horse content in this. I feel like I learned a lot of horse-related information, mm-hmm. um, and there were, like, a couple of glamour descriptions. Mm-hmm. So maybe, like, a seven. Okay. Maybe your highest one. Are there no. maybe unicorns No, there, there was higher. one of the unicorns of Bellinors that got a nine. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. That's something to shoot for, for future books. Um, scale of one to ten ponies, literary worth. Um, I mean, I, I, I hate to, like, fly in the face of uh, the Mystery Writers of America, but, uh, I feel like this was, like, it was decently written, but it, it didn't, like, blow my mind, and there are definitely some things where I was, like, inaccurate, inaccurate, uh, I don't know, like a five. Okay, okay, okay. Um, scale of one to ten ponies, overall enjoyment. Like a five, too. Yeah, I, I, like, the only parts where I was really having fun were initially when they did the glamour description of Whirlwind, I was like, oh, is it going to be one of those kind of horse <laughs> books where, where they're like, here's a long description of how beautiful this horse is because like I was ready for that. Mm-hmm. I was occasionally interested in like the weird uh, chase and jazz situation mm-hmm. just because it was like so awkward <laughs> that I was like what are you guys even doing? <laughs> um, and like a little bit I was interested in like you know a shadow or like the the vet. There were some points of interest, but I didn't like find the main character super compelling. I found her weird like descriptions of like the female characters' bodies to be really uncomfortable. Mm. Uh yeah, I don't know. There are mm. parts of it that I really didn't like. So Okay, fair enough. Fair enough, Stephanie. What's this segment called? Main Main characters. characters. Main characters. I have a horse story, which I never remember to think of ahead of time. I guess just one thing that's like, this isn't necessarily totally just like a very specific horse experience, but um, when I first started showing horses, this is more just like a good memory. When I first started showing horses... Um, my first year, it was in 2001, it's 10 years old. Um, two, two years after Shadow Horse was published. <laughs> but um, that was like my first year showing. So that was because Sugar was, uh, the year before Sugar was two. so And I was nine, so I could not show her. You had to be 18 or older to show a two-year-old. Um, but when she had three, uh, I started showing sugar and I was the only kid, um, during that first year, like literally there's like, there's like a youth class and I was pretty much every single time I was the only, (laughs) the only kid. Um, number one in the youth class, again, again, (laughs) Melanie, because there is no competition. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, and I was pretty small. Um, but that year, this is the only year that like we went 
um, out of state. There was a big horse show, like a fox trotter horse show in Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. And my mom and I went to that and I th- thought it was like the coolest experience ever. Um, so we took sugar and so it was just me and my mom drove there. And then, um, well, our trainer was also going with like her mom and a couple of their horses. Um, but I just like the drive there. My mom and I listened to for, so for like all the horse shows, my mom and I always listened to, um, Shania Twain, um, and Faith Hill. Those, it was like Shania Twain's album, Come On Over, <laughs> and Faith Hill's album, uh, I think it was Breathe, as that one. Um, so we always listened to those two albums when we would be going to horse, horse shows. Um, but this one, since it was an extra long drive, we listened to those, and we listened to Bruce Springsteen's Lucky Town. Um, we listened to some Celine Dion, and I believe there was some Enya in there as well. <laughs> and so I always, like, I associate that Bruce Springsteen album strongly with that. Bruce Springsteen is also, like, my mom's favorite artist of all time. So, <laughs> um, listened to a lot of Bruce Springsteen growing up. But I just have, like, very positive correlations with those albums. But, like, this... I just remember driving through Arizona and, like, listening to that album, listening to, you know, the Shania, the Faith, <laughs> Celine, <laughs> and just having, like, the best time. And, like, we got to, um, the show was, like, in this, where we actually had the classes was, like, this huge covered arena. It just all seemed, like, very glamorous and, like, mm-hmm. fancy to me. Um, you know, we got to, like, keep sugar in this huge stable where, like, everyone else had their horses and there were just so many people around and I think it was just like a two-day thing but um that was like so cool to me but that was also like the first time that I got to show sugar like in a bigger setting and like with other people in classes with me Mm um and she wound up winning like a bunch of stuff just like hanging out in like the you know, the stables with all the other people and, like, in between the classes. It was, like, all these horse people were hanging out together. Um, It just felt so cool to me at the time. And Sugar was so good. It just, like, that also, just thinking about it now, like, um, just... It was a totally new setting and there were so many, there was so much going on and there were so many other horses there. Um, and she was so young and like we saw a video. <laughs> I probably talked about this before, but this particular show was um, the, our trainer's mom, Doris, had filmed like some of my classes and so years later I found these videos and like at the time I thought I was like so good and like I like you know I just thought I was like hot shit and like (laughs) such a good writer and so I watched this video and like literally the reins are like flapping like I had them so loose that they were just like bouncing and she just did like exactly what like if I was like okay if I indicated to her that we needed to do the flat foot walk, she would just fucking do it. And, like, if it was time to trot, she would just do it. And, like, never tried to do more than that. Didn't try to do less. 
like, didn't try to take off with me. <laughs> she... 100% could have, because, like, literally just you had no, You had no control, but Sh- Sugar was yeah. like, I'm a self-driving car. I will yeah. do this. <laughs> she just, she was on the bit by herself. <laughs> <laughs> and just totally, like, I think that it's just, um, the whole experience was fun, but if anything, it, like, I feel even more, like, fondness towards sugar because I think about that and like um I think that like she recognized that I was small and like even though she was too it was like okay I need to take care of this of this thing (laughs) I need to take care of this person because she did get like squirrelier with Kristen was our trainer and like sometimes she would get squirrelier with Kristen um like, I remember there was, Legend was in the same arena, and mm-hmm. Sugar was in Heat, because it was in May. Mm-hmm. Um, Sugar always fucking was in Heat in May. Um, <laughs> but, um, and she, and normally if there's, like, a stallion around, the mares can get pretty feisty. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I was on her, she, and he was in there, she was not, um... But when Kristen got on her later, she had a little bit of, like, a a fit. <laughs> but, but I don't know. It was just... It just is very interesting to me, like, the way that... Just, like, the connections that you can form with animals in general, but the way they can, like, recognize... That this is a yeah. baby. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think just in general, like... I don't know. She just, like, cared about me. We had, like, a... A kind of weird connection, but I'm partially because I think we were like growing up together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just thought it was super fun because we wound up like doing really well, and she won a bunch of shit. Um, and she was, she was really on, um, and we had a lot of fun. But that was that's like one of my fondest memories from just showing in general even though it was like I didn't have any friends <laughs> it was just like me and my mom and our trainer but I also like really loved our trainer I thought she was like the coolest person ever <laughs> <laughs> but um it was just really fun and and just being able to like show sugar against other people and um I don't know, just have that experience with her and just looking back, like, the level of trust that, like, I had in her and that she had in me, too, is a pretty cool thing. Um, we never went to an out-of-state show again just because, uh, they're expensive. (laughs) Yeah. Um, that was kind of, like, a special thing, but... But I'm in some way I'm like glad because that it makes that one yeah, experience more that, special exactly and um, that was probably the best. Sugar got kicked by my pony the next year mm. um, when she was four and her leg got her leg was like fucked up. But um, she was never quite the same after that. That was kind of like her, and she was like sound. It just like. She's always just a little bit more stiff on that leg after that. Mm-hmm. So that was definitely her best year was her three-year-old year, but it was it was really cool. And just to be able to, like, have that experience with my mom, too. 
That wasn't like a great horse story, but just more just an experience that I had yeah. when I was younger. Talking about showing. Yeah. That was the end of my story. <laughs> well, uh, next time we will we will both read Whirlwind. It'll be a different experience. This is not this is not Melanie recalling an old horse no, story. This will be whole new thing so i have to read shadow horse first but yeah i feel like we just now that we know there's a sequel it has to be done yeah it must (laughs) for younger melanie's sake it has to happen so that'll be it'll be a different kind of format but we'll see we'll compare our thoughts our thoughts our feelings yeah (laughs) um and if anyone is like God, I've already listened to Stephanie talk for an hour, but I I, I want to hear her voice more. Um, I don't know when it's coming out, but I was on uh, the Tell Us Something podcast talking about going to jail. So uh, um, I had previously told the story about that um, that you could listen to if you wanted to, if you look up Tell Us Something. Uh, I think my story was called The Smartest Girl in the Jail. I that many years ago mm-hmm. um and they're doing some follow-ups with people who have told stories to kind of like revisit you know the the subject um so that'll be out at some point all right well we'll i guess we'll see you guys next week see you next time bye bye, bye. Because of anxiety, because of anxiety, because of anxiety, because of anxiety, because of anxiety.